Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Okay, welcome to Kith and Tell, musical barf. <laughs> Today I'm joined by Kalina McCordoff, a great woman who I like. Aw, thanks. In London, England. Uh, Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada, a garbage person wow. who lives under a bridge. Wow. <laughs> and Stu Derricotic in Vancouver, awesome. Canada, who I'm neutral to. Yay! Beat the spread. Beat the spread. I'm just going on strike so, this episode. Aww. Good. We won't hear as much from Hans then. <laughs> All right. Okay, if people don't understand, <laughs> so, half of the people on this podcast this morning are very hungover, so take the salt. Just take <laughs> it. Who could it be? <laughs> <laughs> Just do your guess. Uh, so today we'll be reviewing episode 14 of season two. Uh, let's kick things off with our sketch rundown. Sketch rundown. <laughs> what is this Do voice? you have the report? <laughs> Where Bruce throws up a report onto the wall. They didn't think he had it, but he had it. Uh, <laughs> Simon and Hecubus in The Sleep of Ages 1, where uh, Simon and Hecubus hypnotize Tony Henderson into thinking he's a chicken. You're a chicken! Uh, <laughs> it's probably one of the worst uh, really Simon and Hecubuses, though. Of course you did. You're a of course you did. <laughs> oh. uh, Monsieur Pielo. <laughs> Marathon, in which <laughs> Monsieur Pierre Lord enters a marathon, but it takes him a year to complete it because his feet are heavy. <laughs> <laughs> jazz music, in which Bruce explains that he hates the sound of jazz music and jazz instruments when they're being manipulated by jazz players to the delight of jazz respondents. I think of it as musical bar. <laughs> uh... Simon and Hecubus, uh, Sleep of Ages 2, in which it's revealed that the Sleep of Ages did not turn Tony Henderson into a chicken. Uh. <laughs> uh, Touch Bellini number one, where the uh, winner of Touch uh, Paul Bellini contest is revealed. It was Rebecca Klatka Yay! of St. Petersburg, Florida. Go, if you want on the show, Rebecca Klatka, we, we'd love to have you. know you. Rebecca Klatka, yes. Please let her know mm-hmm. that we have a show and we want to we, talk to her desperately. We're clamoring for her. The people want to hear from yes. you. <laughs> uh, the affair in which Bruce has an affair, making a cuckold of Daryl, uh, which is actually just a good excuse for a lot of like funny face-making and, and, and sex. Sounds, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very funny, but... Yeah, it's it's gross it's, and funny. It's not the worst use of gross mouths that we've seen so far, but it's up there. It's the best okay, use of belly slapping, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's got a lot of that good stuff. Uh, Monsieur Pielo, essay l'auto, <laughs> where Mr. Uh, uh, Heavyfoot test drives a car, but it goes too fast because his feet are heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and Queen to Queen, where Buddy shares correspondence with the Queen of England. And Canada. Uh, <laughs> so I want to start this episode off with a segment I call The Crucible of Boredom. Is Monsieur Pielo any good? Because uh, I remember thinking of it as hilarious, and it was one of the things that I liked the most in this show as a kid. Um, now I think it's extremely hit or miss. Like, it's mayo that has often been left out in the sun too long. Um, and I, I want to hear your takes on it, too, though. Uh because I, I like in this episode, I actually still think that Monsieur Pilor runs a marathon really holds up, but some of them are really lazy, and uh, the car one's a pretty 
good example of that where it's just like the car goes fast because his feet are too heavy to manipulate the controls and uh <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Stu, what do, what do you think of mr heavyfoot though uh, you know for someone who rails on cookie cutter sketches so much i kind of like Monsieur Pilar. what is I what is happening really yeah i know right <laughs> so i wonder if it's because i'm from manitoba originally because there's something about those sketches that feel very familiar so i don't know if they're satirizing something I, in particular. yeah i was trying to put my finger on it where it's like is this making fun of those like national film board sketches that used to always be on tv or it's something I thought, like, they're satirizing something but i don't know what it is it's like lame french mr bean almost yeah i don't like <laughs> yeah. fully get it but i don't know there's something about it that it's just like even little like boppy little music that he has the whole time while getting to that this season, um, after watching the episodes a couple times, that music started just eliciting a, a gag reflex in me as soon as I heard it. Okay, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but um, I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize it in the marathon version uh, that the marathon flag at the end indicates that it's a year later. Oh so. my god, Kalina! <laughs> I, what the hell? You just thought he was something that we all agreed as like six-year-olds. We implicitly <laughs> understood. You don't understand. So I don't like, read so woman good. Woman in her late twenties. I know you don't read so good. You're a journalist. <laughs> Anyway, you guys thought well, that I was being real sassy by calling her a simpleton, but who's laughing now? <laughs> who's laughing now? <laughs> you know what? I wonder though, because what you guys were um, saying about like what elicits this sense of sort of small town Canadianness is like maybe it's because if there, whenever we have this shot of him, there's no one else walking around. Like it's it's empty. It's mm. just the hollow emptiness mm. of the Canadian inland. Anywho, <laughs> I don't think I even really even liked Mr. Heavyfoot as a kid. Like, it's such a one-trick pony, but maybe Dave just wanted his turn at a filler sketch and they needed some French content, but that's, that's really the extent of it that I can guess. They had to hit those CanCon regulations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see that as a plausible you know, excuse. For it. I, similar to uh, you, Trevor, I, I feel like this has to be satirizing some sort of other product because it does feel very familiar, but I, I can't put my finger on what that would be as well. Um, but I will say this too. I think I don't always appreciate individual Mr. P. Lourdes, but that considered as a whole oeuvre, um, <laughs> they're, oh they're God, somehow I better. Um, I mean, it, we've, we've said it before. It's all, it's the same joke every man, uh, every time a man has heavy feet and that's a struggle. Um, but if I feel like the value of the bit is seeing that struggle so many times that you maybe start to feel for the guy. Um, I love yeah, thank you. I love I love the the little moments where in in some of the sketches where he stares dead-eyed into the middle distance contemplating the fate he's been dealt. Um but I but yeah, this particular episode, you know, the car salesman's best moment is when the fake salesman makes laughy weird noises which tells you everything you need to know about the quality of that sketch. Mm, yeah. I think there's like an uh, an episode later on uh, where there's a Mr. Heavyfoot where he's on the moon and then he's happily dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 I think if it's and that's like the conclusion of the series essentially. Yeah, that's so cute. I think it's a future episode too where he goes on a date and that's another that's another one where yeah. it's like oh like his life is hard and and it's <laughs> yeah. Get a scooter, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, listeners. I didn't notice you there. Are you, as they say, addicted to the internet? 
Well, then follow us on social media. You will basically find a gift parade of the best uh, moments from each episode as crafted by Hans. Uh, you can also email us at contact at kithintel.ca and tell us what you think of the show. We'd love to hear from you. And you might get your email read on the show, too, as long as you don't defend Gary, uh, Mississippi Gary. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next segment, which I call This is So Canadian, Abdication Edition. <laughs> In this episode, we get uh, the second instance, but first, like, really major instance of the only recurring celebrity impression in the entire series, which is Queen Elizabeth. Which is so good. <laughs> and Queen to Queen. And I, I want to talk about how this is, like, weirdly notable that there's only one celebrity impression that they do, like, recurring and it's Queen Elizabeth, and it's always Scott, and he does such a good job of her, and it's such a weirdly Canadian celebrity to have picked. Uh, Hans, you have something to say about this. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I have very strong things to say about it, but my, my only major thought on this is that I'd like to know how this one got started, because I have a suspicion that someone just sort of noticed that Scott looked like the Queen a little bit once, <laughs> when he was in drag, maybe, and he did a cheesy British accent, and it was funny, and so they did it and stuck with it, um, and I don't know if it's any more in-depth than that, but I'm happy he does it because it's a real good... I, I don't know how, like, our American listeners relate to the Queen of England, but, like, as Canadians, it's a weird thing. She's on our money. And so Yeah. But mm. she's almost, like, shorthand for us as, like, kind of, like, this fancy foreignness that's somehow <laughs> a part of our, 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 our heritage, but not one that we connect to as individuals. Generally. It civilizes us. I don't know. I think we've also kind of backed off the royal family a little bit because it used to be like she came for her diamond jubilee or something like that. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't that long ago, but like I still get because I, but that was a big deal. If you haven't caught on Thank yet, guys, I mean, I live in the UK <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> oh, reasonably what? close Ooh. to Buckingham Palace. Oh, I do. I, I, I could run past it if I want on the way to work. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> do you? But it, it's funny because I, I do wonder how this would fly as sort of, I guess, satire in another Commonwealth country. I'd be very curious. Mm. Um, but no, this, I mean, to that extent, it's a very Canadian celebrity to have picked in the context, regardless of how organically it may or may not have evolved. And the great thing about having picked a monarch is that it's just still all kinds of timeless compared to, say, politicians. Um, and given it's, yeah, just the British head of state, that's there's enough sort of global recognition that it's not. I feel like niche. for Canadians, the queen is kind of like the great aunt that you see at like family reunions where you meet them and they're like and your parents are like, this is your great aunt Elizabeth. And you're like, cool, I guess I, we're related. Oh, OK. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like it's that kind of relationship, you know. Yeah, thank you for... That's how you explain parliamentary monarchy. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's, yes. Like, it's like, it's, you know, when you have... When you, when, you, when, you get, when you get ambrosia salad, but, like, you get two scoops because your aunt's there, you know, instead of getting one. Well, and you're kind of like, you're kind of like, how are we related? And they're like, oh, she's related to your mom's dad's, you know's cousin. And you're like, cool. Like, it, it's sure. like, yeah, we're, uh, we're supposedly Canada. We're related to this queen lady or something, you know? And we have to hear. If, we have to meet her every so. We have to meet her every fifteen years when there's a big family <laughs> get together, like the Commonwealth if, Games or the Diamond Jubilee. Yeah. yeah. If if the entire like former British colonial holdings are an extended family, Canada kind of occupies a weird sort of space in it where we're like we're not the like important scion like. In, uh, sorry, like uh, United States is where we like rebelled and left the family mm. and. Uh, 
we're we're more like oh we're that the brother of that one and we're more like responsible and it's always <laughs> like oh in wartime if things go really bad the queen will have to go live in Canada and then it's like why not one of the others was like no Canada's the one that's most reliable. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that like we obtained independence by asking nicely for it in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a slow path yeah, there. I think that, that uh, period in the eighties where where everything was nice and calm and people just asked no, nicely for things. Nothing weird happened in the eighties. No. For for our, our American listeners, there's a lot of like weird things in history too, where like when World War Two started, Canada like delayed declaring war by like a couple days, essentially to just show we can decide for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it was like but <laughs> But obviously we're going to war. Yeah. Get in the boats. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, going back to the queen, I, I will say Scott is like very hilarious as the queen. He does such a good job. It's uh, and it's always Scott, but it's always just like this is how Canadians see the queen. I do quite uh, like the it's a fat girl version where it's like the queen doesn't know her ABCs, and then Scott's like A B C D R P Q. Hello. <laughs> Jura, uh, that was I just me. Jura, th- my dog just barked because she thought that was someone else. <laughs> Jura's been trained to attack the queen on site. Oh, no. Don't say that. that she no, that, in you can no, get imprisoned like in London for words like that. <laughs> I need my citizenship, guys. She'll get locked up in the Tower of London <laughs> in the Star Chamber true. and never be heard from again. <laughs> uh, can we move on now to <laughs> Kids Say the Darndest Thing, where we make nerds of ourselves by repeating the things from the episode that made us laugh? Uh, and I already said my favorite, which was that line from the, the jazz episode. But, uh, Stu, I think you have a, a jazz episode line as well that oh, I'd like to hear. Jazz has great lines in this episode. Yeah. One, I love taking these where we ask for the favorite line, and I pick something that is not dialogue because that makes me happy. But there is this great moment where Bruce goes, uh, one thing I hate is being woken up in the middle of the night when I'm dreaming about, say, promiscuity with dignity. And for some reason, a dude off camera goes, all right. I think it's one of the jazz players in that sketch, isn't it? I think it must be. I don't think you see their mouth move. They did have a studio audience. It is, is, you know, all the best things come from jazz musicians. I think it's it's from, it's like supposed to be in the skit. I don't think it's just some guy, but just this little, all right. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's one of the jazz players being like, all right, you know. Um, Uh, Hans, did you have a jazz quote or are you going to uh, be kicked off the show because you don't agree with us? I'm going to not give the jazz (laughs) sketch the dignity of quoting it. because oh it boy. didn't deserve it, but I wow. uh, I didn't feel like this was a super quotable episode in general. Um, but I did find one that I thought was funny from The Affair, where Bruce goes up to Darrell's wife and just says hors d'oeuvres, to which she replies, "I loved him as a child." <laughs> <laughs> which, I don't know why, but that exchange just seems so absurd and yet charged with sexual tension that it cracked nice. me up. That was, like, a very good scene because it's just, like, there's these two strangers at an art gallery. It's, like, they both just want to both. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> obviously and like so immediately. Have nothing yes. to say to each <laughs> other. It's, like, well, okay, then obviously we should meet for lunch. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. It's very much that, like, get, starting out is a great way to get started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good it's, way it's to empty. break in. Oh, that's right. Starting out is a great way to break in. <laughs> Uh, Kalina, are you going to stay on the show and give us a jazz yes. quote? Or are you going to be like yes. Hans again? Oh my god, <laughs> jazz was so good. So there's a couple that were my faves um, where he says, They say, I don't think you've given jazz a chance. Well, I maintain, I haven't given suicide a chance, but 
Well, I did give suicide a chance, but that was only because I was threatened with jazz. (laughs) 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 There's also this bit where he says, "Um, I'm going to ask a question. What sort of music do you think there is in hell? You know, H-E double hockey sticks. Well, I think it's probably hateful, freeform jazz. And in heaven... Country and Western music. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he kind of like looks up. To heaven yeah, I know. So a couple things with that. Hilarious because like, I don't. I need to actually ask some people here in the UK. But like, is is saying H E double hockey stick just a really Canadian thing? Oh, very much so. I, okay, like, it's entirely. Let's ask the people We're in so England about hockey stick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah just, I mean, from that last quote, I mean, the idea of freeform jazz being hateful is just hilarious. And also thinking that heaven would be full of country and Western music just kills me uh, because that is my personal It's a very hell. Alberta <laughs> interpretation of heaven, yeah. And it also reminds me of what I think is an upcoming Gavin sketch uh, with the preachers where he says, now I must sweat to the oldies because if you're fat and you wind up living in a trailer park gossiping and craving country and Western music. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that that genre is just the continued butt of Bruce jokes. You know, like I think it stands to like bear a here that uh, Bruce did grow up in Alberta where he did get his ass kicked all the time because he was one of 10 punks in, in Calgary. Are there, like, because he was considered like an here. art kid kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. He, he was, was a skid, honestly. He was a bit of a skid and uh, country and western fans would beat his ass because he liked punk music. They'd beat him up to the tune of Stompin' Tom Connors. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Let's finish things off with standout sketch, where we go over the best and worst sketches uh, with a rating out of five. Keep it short and sweet, pals. Hans, why don't you start us off? Well, uh, it's a standout sketch for the wrong reasons, but I, I just want to explain why I hate the jazz sketch briefly, <laughs> which is that, which is that I feel it's such a lazy premise. Like, oh, get like, out. <laughs> I've heard, you know, okay, you don't like jazz. Like, I, I, that's it's such an old and lazy joke. I'm just, so, Hans will I'm not just so stand tired for of it. this <laughs> of jazz. Oh, I don't. It's not even that I. Jazz and it's I mean, I, so <laughs> I do enjoy jazz, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a lazy, lazy joke. Anyway, um, and they did a whole sketch out of it. If anything's bad mayonnaise, that's it. But uh, wow. anyways. But the best sketch by far is The Affair. Um, I can't believe I had somehow forgotten this one, and it wasn't in my regular <laughs> list of sketches to show other people, but I love everything about it. It's very funny. The sound yeah, effects they... for all the body postures and the quick cuts to close-up of their intense sex faces, um, <laughs> the forced laughter to keep from being caught, the absurd phone conversations, and it's also got Daryl. What's not to love? Oh. Five sexy hors d'oeuvres <laughs> out of five. I, I would say that it, for me, best also goes to the affair. Thank There's you. just so much funny grossness. Boom, and boom, usually boom, Bruce boom, boom, boom. doesn't do the same kind of body-based humor as he does here. So uh, I would say that it gets four and a half deflating tires out of five. <laughs> just the two of them, both him and the woman, in their like gross, plain white underwear. Like <laughs> Neither of them is particularly unattractive, but they do such a good job of making themselves look unattractive. It's so great. I, I will say that I, I also don't think that anything in this episode was bad, and I, I, certainly not to the extent that it needs to be singled out, really. Um, we talked a little <laughs> bit about how I didn't like the second uh, Mr. Heavyfoot, but it's it's just, like, mediocre. It's not terrible. Uh, Simon and Hecubus, I felt, was a bit weak this episode. Hey! But. 
It wasn't so bad. No, um, it's it's the worst Simon and Hecubus. Yeah, like I like Simon and Hecubus, sure, but, but this like wasn't good. Simon <laughs> totally. and Hecubus. Yeah. 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 Uh, Stu, what what was what would be your best? And uh, worst thing? I guess I gotta I gotta go with you on the affair. It's yes. Jazz music is great too, but I agree with Hans. It's a monologue. Like it's we know this premise. Bruce is gonna be snarky about something. Yeah. The affair is the most well-rounded, and it does have some great moments. And I love you've made a cuckold of me. <laughs> oh dear God, you guys are so wrong. The affair was not Whoa. funny, though. Maybe <laughs> I just—I will admit—I may just have weird leftover feelings, given that I first saw this as a kid and have just had that like sort of lingering discomfort of having seen over-the-top expressions of sexual tension and desire. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Kalina feels awkward about that kind of thing, which is why she moved in. <laughs> Where they have a privacy filter. <laughs> the best has to go to jazz schmaz. One of Bruce's classic monologues for beatnik goatees <laughs> out of five. Weep. Did it. Uh, so, folks, I think that's all for our episode 14 season two review. Join us next week for episode. Wait, why 15. did you say that backwards? What, what did I say? Episode 14, season two. That seems, <laughs> that seems weirdly backwards. Because we were, no, we're doing it. We're no, doing it the I'm doing French it my way. way. This is the French way. Episode 14 de la saison 2. Uh, all right, so that's it for our episode <laughs> 14, season two review, the correct order of saying things. Uh, <laughs> join us next week for episode 15, which will be hosted by Kalina. Yay. Make sure no, to join us on name. Twitter at KithandTillPod. Follow us on Facebook. Send us listener mail. Contact at KithandTill.ca. Thank you for listening. This is uh this is a podcast transgression. I don't I don't like it bothers me so much. <laughs>